a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. This is the Lakewood Colorado wrap-up. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Flyracing.com. Blake Baggett wears Fly Racing, and he got third overall this weekend, running Fly. And uh, please, Weston Pike, also Fly Racing rider. Zach Osborne wears Fly Racing. And uh, yeah, tons and tons of things going on with the folks at Flyracing.com. And great colors, great styles, whatever you need for gear. Helmets, they pride themselves on uh, tr- fantastic helmets that come right off the shelf onto their riders' heads. The F2 Carbon with MIPS. Weston Pike replica, put it on, eat some concrete. Also, two Alpine Stars and Maxis, the MXST tire coming out real soon from the folks at Maxis who have you covered for light truck and trailer and UTV and dirt bike and mountain bike tires. The folks at Maxis, uh, check them out if you can. And uh, they've got a tire just for you. And McGrath is uh, developing it, so you know it's going to be good. And also, two Alpine Stars. Alpine Star protects, love those guys, whether it's a Tech 10 boot, that's the benchmark boot in moto. I mean, think about it, people. How many people wear Tech 10s? A lot of them do, all right? The Tech 7 boot, the A4 Chess Pro that goes underneath the uh, jersey, whatever it is, Alpine Stars protects. Uh, all right, everybody, to uh, talk about Lakewood and everything that happened there and everything that went down uh, in Colorado. Uh, first up, the voice of Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Championships. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just not even. Yeah. You're not even going to Wait. Wait. Whoa, what? Oh, I was I jumping the gun? I'm sorry. That's, I was just so excited. I know it happens. Uh, also yeah. on the line from uh, Fly Racing, flyracing.com. He wasn't there this weekend, but he certainly watched it on TV. Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Not too much. Just, uh, yeah, it's definitely a different perspective after going to all the Supergrass and watching it on TV. You uh, learn a little subtle nuances of, of a spec- home spectator. Well, it doesn't help that probably the announcers are just garbage, right? Uh, I wouldn't say that. No, oh, okay. Well, I wouldn't I, say that. I would. Yeah, at least not. At least not on the phone, anyway. Yeah, not publicly. But <laughs> uh, I, I'm kidding, of course. I'm uh, listening. Hey, before we get going too far, uh, Wygant, did you see the Jeffrey Hurlings on Antonio Caroli move in Matterly Basin? Yes, yes, I did. And JT, um, you saw it too. But uh, let's I did. let's talk about that real quick. What'd you think, Weege? Well, as I said, I. Uh, I try not to really have an opinion on these things, but um, I, know, I think that was a bit egregious on the point of hurlings, especially, by the way, I feel like he doesn't need to do that. He's, <laughs> yeah. He's been pretty good this year. I mean, he's caught Crowley's great, and who knows, a long game for the title. Maybe Crowley will – maybe hurlings will blow it up. He's messed up these things before. But I'm saying, like, moto-to-moto, race-to-race, 
he's kind of not had to get that desperate, and he still wins anyway. So that's well, really what surprised me. In his defense, it was near the end of the moto. It was for the overall, but but I'm with you. Like, uh, I don't know. JT, what do you think? Honestly, I didn't think it was too terrible. Um, I've seen a lot worse. I just didn't think it was all that bad. Well, you said it's not too uh, – I mean, I can, yeah. I can see both sides, but I'm usually the one that's – you know, I don't like dirty riding. I really take a pretty strong stance against it. I just kind of thought it was a racing incident. I, you know, I don't think Curlings was trying to knock him down. I think he bumped him the first time, and then their lines kind of came together because Hurling's momentum was bringing them to the outside. And when you're accelerating that on that track, we, you know, Steve and I, we both stood in that right above that turn, and the momentum carries you outside right there. So, I don't know. I didn't think it was that bad. I, I could understand Tony being mad, but for me, I was like, eh, kind of racing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought he could have backed. He grabbed a handful of throttle and kind of went for the front tire. I'm like, oh, boy. But, I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, Certainly, we've seen less. We've seen know. worse. Doesn't but they're both they're both side by side. Like you know, I don't I don't think Hurling's expected to let off there. Well, because he'd gotten out of control and off balance, maybe he should have. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he he grabbed a handful yeah. and his his acceleration made him drift into AC's front wheel. But yeah, I mean it's not it's certainly not the worst we've ever seen. That's for sure. Um, doesn't it feel like following the GPS? And I tweeted this today. Doesn't it feel a lot like RC and MC, the the 2000 season, or 2001, I guess it would be, um, where the, the the torch is being passed. AC, Antonio Caroli is leading a lot of these races, and Hurlings is tracking him down, or he's just outright beating him, which is a lot what happened with when RC finally, you know, conquered McGrath. It, it, it just feels like it's time, and props to Antonio Caroli. He's an amazing rider and a great champion, but... Time doesn't stop for anybody, and it just it reminds me of that because, you know, there's a few races where Antonio Caroli had it in the bag, and the, the 84 just kept charging. So, yeah. Uh, what do you think, Weege? Yeah, I see a little bit of that for two reasons. Um, if you go back to 2001 and now their battle this year, it started out really close. Like, those first three or four motos this year were just spectacular battles. And then... Then it started to flip for like now every once in a while they have a battle like they do today, but a lot of times it's just hurling, just winning, and it's not always Crowley getting second every time. Like the first, say, five rounds of 2001, it was back and forth between those guys. And then it started, then Carmichael wasn't really being challenged by McGrath, then McGrath wasn't always getting second. And then the second thing that's similar is then you just go into the, well, can Ricky just not crash now, or is he just going to screw this whole thing up because he's pushing too hard? Yeah. And that's certainly, certainly something that you've got to be thinking with Hurlings, just because how many 250 titles, have, like two or three, that he had yeah. just like this, yeah. and he crashed it away. So yeah. if you're a Caroli fan, that's pretty much what you're banking on now. Great racing, though. That's some good racing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right, let's get into Lakewood. Uh, well, Weech, he's, uh, he's six for six. Yep. Perfect season train just keeps on rolling. <laughs> yep. he, he won't I mean, I'm just saying it's straight math. This is easy arithmetic. Yeah. If you extrapolate a 100% win percentage that we currently have, and yeah. then at the end of the season, that would be 24 motos. Uh, simple math. JT, I'm even less sure of the perfect season after Lakewood. What about you? Um, yeah, I, I haven't been on board to start with at all. I just don't think Eli's uh, – History bears that out at all, and I think the 
the field, which is getting thinner. You know, we lost another contender with Jason Anderson this week. I just think the other guys are too good. Um, you know, Kenny, the strides he is making weekly, he's ready to win almost now. Uh, Marvin had an off weekend, but Marvin will win. And then Blake obviously got back into the game finally this weekend. So, to me, there's no way. Because if you look at the seasons where somebody's been perfect, they were so much better than the field that you could kind of see it. You know, it was like, yeah, Ricky's, I mean, no one's going to touch him. Stu was kind of the same way. Stu could ride at 80 or 90% and, and win easily. I don't think that's where Eli is. So I, I think it's, to me, it's all ridiculous talk at this point. Yeah, obviously, I'm just doing this to stir things up. I mean, I even felt partway through the day that he might not even win the overall, um, let alone every moto. Uh, just because what we're seeing from Eli, as we mentioned last week, I think is a little more of a measured approach. He, he's in fourth and fifth. He just kind of hangs there and eventually wears everybody down. It's not like he's just going for the throat every time. And it did seem like this weekend or maybe some other weekend, eventually just not going to work out. And he seems almost okay with that. Like, yeah. I'm not desperate to win every moto. If I got 1-2 one, or 2-1 one, one weekend, that's fine. And this weekend almost looked like that. Like, he was going to take it if it was there, but he wasn't going balls to the wall in the first five laps to ensure he gets into the lead. Yeah, I thought um... – Roxon, I mean, you know, once Eli got by Kenny, uh, I think you Kenny relaxed and, you know, didn't push it as hard, and you can Eli opened it up a lot uh, right away on Roxon. So I feel like Roxon was riding a little above his comfort level to hold the number one back, and then once Tomac got by, he was like, okay, well that you know I can't make a, I'm not making a run at him after he gets by me, um, but he's way further along than we all thought. Why can't even he thought that? Uh, we did the Racer X post show with him. And uh, he agreed, like he didn't, you know, I was kind of playfully accusing him of, you know, uh, laying, laying up and telling us all that he was, how bad he was. And, but it seems like it really surprised him, too. Uh, he's almost back. Kenny is almost back, Wygant. Yeah, I mean, for the first 20 minutes uh, of the moto last week and then both motos this week, he uh, was pretty much there. I, I mean, you could see Tomac was, was on him and was maybe a little bit quicker, but it wasn't ridiculous, like just blatantly blocking the guy. Uh, it was a legit battle. Um, and, yeah, once he gets past in those last 10, 12 minutes, the distance opens up quite alarmingly. But mm-hmm. that's what you figure is going to happen. The dude did not come in physically ready. Yeah. But, I mean, you thought at best maybe by high point after this break he'd be halfway decent. Well, he's way ahead of that. Yeah. So now that he gets a weekend off, who knows? This is really early in the season. <laughs> if he continues this improvement, yeah. look out. Like. Now we're looking at that second moto at Hangtown, JT, and going, what the hell? What the heck? <laughs> because that was so bad, that second moto. Yeah, you, know, you never know. Like, and, and we talked about it a little bit, but he even made mention that he came in under the weather. So maybe that played a bigger role because we haven't seen any kind of fall off like that. No. Uh, that, was a, that was a scary second moto, and you're like, man, you know, like, this, this could go poorly for a while if he's that out of shape or that weak in the second moto, but... Uh, good for him and good for all of us, honestly, because we're getting uh, we're getting a real series with a real Ken Rocks in here sooner than later. Um, and getting back to Tomac, Weege, uh, he just looks. I mean, obviously he went for six for six, so it's easy to sit back and talk about how. But he looks great, man. Like not any sketchy moments. His starts aren't quite where he probably wants them to be, but like he's getting around guys, no problem. You know, I mean, Kenny gave him a run, but he looks. Perfect. Just in control. No problem with fitness. It's it, it, He just looks great. 
Yeah, the word I use is calculated right now. It just yeah. looks like there's a more measured approach. There's just never anything where he seems to be in a panic. That first moto, we'll never know what happened. I mean, Barsha was in the lead, then it got red flagged, and Barsha got hosed in that deal. Yeah. And you kind of sense, like, okay, the battle's going to happen. It's getting closer. There's going to be a battle. Tomac's not just going to finish second and not challenge him. But really, for what, 10 minutes? There really wasn't a challenge. Nope. He was just behind Barsha. And you're just like, okay, he's waiting. There'll be some action here eventually. I don't feel like that's what we'd always have seen from Eli in the past. That kind of just, yeah. I'll pick my spots approach. So that makes him almost more dangerous because he's still good enough to win. But he's reducing the risks of the not winning, the, which haunted him. The red flag. Now, it was for Kyle Chisholm, who was out. And he's okay. I talked to him after the race. He's going to be fine. That was a premature red flagulation. Really? You hate to say that because, you know, safety rules and all that. Red flag came out early. Red flag pulled out early. Um, (laughs) You know, he was was on that sort of uh, uphill rollers. You could have stood there and directed guys to the left because he was off to the one side. I get – it was – I was very surprised to see the red flag. And um, I don't know. It just – Kyle walked off, you know, like – I guess JT, you know, it's just it's you know, you sound like a dick, I guess maybe or I sound like a dick questioning it, but man, it was really surprising that it did that. Yeah, you know, I think it was the fact that it was pretty ugly visually, you know, him rolling down the hill unconscious and then it's in a really fast section there and it was in the middle of the track. So, yes, I agree with you. It seemed premature at the time. Uh, but I think, you know, if, if you're going to make a mistake and you're erring on the side of caution, I'm, I'm generally going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Well, you know who got screwed by the red flag, Wygant? There's only one man who really, truly got screwed by the red flag. Uh, it's not Parsha? Filthy Phil, running third, yeah. looking good, like keeping Roxon at bay. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I doubt he would have kept him all the way, but... Really, truly, one guy really got screwed on the red flag, and of course I mean, it was. Barsha, you can't. You got to put Barsha in there too. Uh, yeah, but Barsha came back to you know whatever fifth. But he crashes his brains out after that. Like no, he not really. Yeah. I mean, not. If, I mean, he didn't crash his brains out. He still got up and d- did okay. But I mean, I don't know. Okay, whatever. So just Phil to me got screwed the most. Yeah, where I don't even know where did was Phil just buried in the start the second time around. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, you just don't see him. I'm yeah. Like, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, yeah. Baggett gets third overall in the day. Good ride for Blake. He was all over Kenny that uh, second, that first moto. I don't know if you guys were following that, Weege, on TV. I haven't watched the show yet. but uh, Yeah, they, they, they were. He was all over Kenny. Like, it was furious yeah. rage. Yeah. Um, it's still kind of that a little bit too much of the old tendency where – he doesn't light the fire until, you know, the last eight minutes of the moto or so. And you're like, dude, if he rode like this five minutes earlier or ten minutes earlier, he wouldn't have to freaking go all out on this final lap. It's always been his M.O., even even when he's at his peak. Yeah. But best race of the year for him, JT, so yeah. that's good. Like, you know, like yeah. that's something to build on for Blake. Yeah, I mean, well, better than better best race of the year. He hasn't really had a whole lot of anything there hasn't really been no you know signs of life so much until this weekend so uh you know he didn't win the race like he did last year but from where he was to where he is that's a that's a pretty big jump and he had a solid weekend where he didn't have just a weird moto or you know get run over and lose a grip or 
you know, just you name off all these problems that he's seemingly been troubled with, let alone riding poorly. You know, so it was the first weekend where if you're going to have a, a serious run at, you know, uh, maybe not the championship at this point, but even being in the mix, you need to put weekends like that together from start to finish. Uh, Marv was off the pace. I don't know. We, we, did you find anything out about Marv at all? or did you? No. Um, I, we did interview him real quick at the very end of the day, and KTM had some quotes in a PR. But it's, I feel like overall his level is not quite where we expect it to be, not quite where it was last year. I mean, you look at he and Eli were relatively close last year. Um, Tomac and they just had such a rep for speed that you sometimes forget that there are some races where Marv is fairly well matching him. But there hasn't really been. Glenn Helen, I think, was a little not quite as good as usual, and this was yeah. even more of a drop off. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't quite. Uh, he's four four, you know. But yeah, um, uh, yeah, Barsha, like you said. Barsha led the first moto until the red flag, and then he wasn't quite there. In the second moto, he was leading again, tipped over. Barsha could have easily gone 2-2 two, two, or 3-3 three, three on the day. I don't think he was going to win, uh, Weege, but I think he was. He, he could have added 2-2 two, two or 3-3. Three, three. No, uh, besides Savachi, who we'll talk about in the 250 class, he's got to be the most pissed dude. Because, look, we can say on this show that we know that, hey, Eli was probably going to get him at some point. But that's not the way Barsha thinks. I mean, I talked to him after the race, and he's like, hey, that first moto, I felt like I could win. Like, he wasn't all over me. And that's the way you have to think when you're at his level. So if you're him, you're thinking, I maybe could have won a moto, and the red flag took it away. And then, by the way, you noticed it was the, he crashed in the same area as Stu and Tomac when he led the second moto. <laughs> that section is going to claim someone every year. <laughs> yeah, good point, good point. Uh, ben, you, know what, you, know what Eli's, you know what Eli's kind of been doing to these guys, though? And, and what makes me bring that up with Barsha because Barsha's saying, well, he wasn't all over me. I think I could have won. But similarly to the second moto at Glen Helen with Anderson, uh, have you, you guys remember in Rocky Four when Apollo and Drago are fighting and Apollo's just, you know, jabbing him, jabbing him. Drago's not really doing anything. He's kind of taking it. He's playing defense. And you just, you know, you're kind of like, well, is this guy going to fight or what? Or is, is Apollo going to win this? And then all of a sudden, it's like the Russian trainer, which I'll say is John Tomac, you know, gives the signal, screams something in Russian, and then there's just this onslaught, and, you know, it's game over. And I, I saw it at Glen Helen. I kind of saw it at Hangtown, where Eli was just kind of hanging out, wearing people down. And then he just he has so much more at the end to, you know, it's, it's like he's just waiting him out, and he's being patient, which we really haven't seen from him until this year. So it's noteworthy, and I don't know if it's a conscious strategy change by them, but it's definitely noticeable through three rounds so far. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Measured approach until he needs it, and if he needs it, yeah. Yep, um, yep. And he, he just looks like he has so much more when he wants it. Like if he yep. needed to go faster at some point, it looks like he's, he's just kind of holding it back there. Yep. Yeah, and I think you can see that. Like we talked about Kenny dropping back because Kenny was about riding above his level, you know, and then he yep. was like, okay, well, Eli's got me. <laughs> Eli's kind of just cruising. Um but it was, yeah, it, it was good. Uh, Benny Bloss, too. God, Benny Bloss is good. I mean, look, the field is what it is. Benny Bloss is good. Time to just accept that, Wygant. Well, yeah, I, or, I, I, I don't think these are inflated. I mean, maybe, okay, Anderson being out, maybe. But he's not getting lapped and getting what he's getting. You know, there's some other guys you can go further back, and you're like, yeah, but the distance between first and them is huge. Like, he's not far off from these main top-name guys that we've already talked about. He's really good. Like, I'm, I'm raising my stock 
massively these last couple of weeks, even the end of Supercross. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's he's back to he's back to where you know that level where he was Unadilla, you know, where he broke out that year. Yep. And was running at the front, and, and we're seeing that level from him again. And it's been a it's been a long road with injuries and setbacks to get here. Uh, but yeah, and, and you can make the argument guys are hurt, you know, uh, which he did pass Anderson uh, straight up and on the last lap of, at Hangtown. Uh, but he's beating guys like Pike and legitimate guys. So, yeah, if you want to throw Tickle in there and Bogle and, and Anderson and all these guys, I'm sure some of that would, you know, change the, the results column. But the the bigger point is that Bloss is a legit guy. Like, he's right in the mix with any, you know, factory or, or maybe not the elite elite, but any satellite-level guy out there right now. He would be in the top ten in any field that you want to put together, in my opinion, right now. Yeah, he's, he's killing it, man. Good job for him. Uh, yeah, Pike had an off day. Trying to find his grove. Still looking for, get in the grove. Still looking for his grove. Um, and Phil went eight eight, and Phil was the last kind of factory guy, and there was a big gap to nine, and that spots from nine, ten, eleven, all those spots are, are right up for grabs with these guys. And and Weeds, you were telling me after the day that a lot of privateers got some TV time, and that's good. Good for those guys. That's that's what we need to do. Yeah, we went all the way back to I think eighteenth or seventeenth. And second moto, so that was really good for a lot of those guys, Otten Wright and, and um, uh, Miriam, who's been good almost every week, et cetera, et cetera. And, but then once we got to 18th, Tomac came by lapping, and we were like, all right, we're just going to go with Tomac from here. So two other guys in the points didn't get on. But yeah. this is what, this is going to be a big summer for a lot of guys like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Miriam has been very good, man. Good job for yeah. Fly Racing Zone, JT, by the way, Dylan Miriam. Um he is, yeah. He's riding well. for me because I, I picked him last week and he burned me. <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> Hashtag fantasy uh, problems. Uh, Brandon Shear, 10th overall. Nice job for Brandon. Ninth in a moto. Uh, Masterpool, 11th. Lorenzo Lucurcio. If you had told me at Anaheim 1, hey, Lorenzo Lucurcio is going to get top 10 in a 450 outdoor moto, I would have called the cops on you again. Like, I don't even know where he came from. I don't know what his deal is. I know who his agent is because he immediately texted me after the moto. You know, you know that's how these agents work. But oh, really? okay. I know who his he agent is. Agent? He's got an agent or someone working for oh. him because that, right. a- that agent texted me and said, how about Lucercio? And, and he was he deserves props. Does anybody One thing I noticed, oh. his, his radiator shroud, where the sponsor usually is, just says Lucercio. So what does that mean? He's backing himself, or he just—I don't know. Pool. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. It just he's, says Lucercio. He's got Venezuela oil money or something. I don't know, but good job for Lorenzo Lucercio, showing up out of the blue on a 450 and getting 12th overall. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the 2018 450 Motocross <laughs> Series. <laughs> hey, whatever though. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, Master Pool was back. The good uh, Alex Ray, factory rider Alex Ray. So, uh, first moto, he collided with a rider and bent his uh, foot brake pedal over underneath his frame and ripped off his starter button. So, he got pushed back to the mechanics area. They started his bike using a screwdriver on the starter and they bent the rear brake pedal back out and he went back out and got 35th. But, second moto, he got, he got a 12th. Um, or for, I should say that reverse first moto 12th, second moto 35th. Um, so his deal ends after high point, right? Three races, but Cody Webb is their Cooper Webb. I'm on fire here. Uh, 
Cooper Webb is not going to be back by, by Muddy Creek. And Muddy Creek is Alex Ray's hometown national. And he badly wants to have one more race with Factory Yamaha in front of his family and friends who probably couldn't believe he'd be a factory rider. Come on, Jimmy Perry. Come on. One more race. I'm sure Cooper wants to be that his first race, too, though. Yeah, but I, don't, I, I can't see how it's going to be. Like, it doesn't seem doesn't seem possible, but maybe. Maybe. I mean, if Cooper Webb is back, then yeah, that that's his spot. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think yeah. he's, he's going to be ready, though. But if Webb's not back, you got to leave A-Ray on for that race, right? Oh, yeah, but I, I yeah, yes. To answer your question, yes, yes but I don't, I don't think that's going to be the situation. Well, way to rain on everybody's parade, JT. Well, um, we're, three weeks, we're three weeks out. Like, if, if Webb's already riding, you've got to think he's going to be at his home race. I, that's just how I see it. Uh, Brandon Leith qualified seventh. Seventh? Yeah. Yeah. Good, good job, Brandon Leith. Yeah. Jeez. Yep. Um, I'm struggling here, guys. So if you want to pitch, either one of you want to jump in. <laughs> either one of you want to jump there's in. Not, there's not much. There's not much there. Uh, and it's, as another example and, of this pension season. And, yeah, it's crazy. We had on our practice show, we're, so we're you know, looking at the lap times. So we'll have, like, the guy, the lap time to beat on the screen, and then we'll follow a rider around, and then we'll have the clock running on him the whole lap to see if he can do it. This is like the Christoph Porcel cam. Uh-huh. Like, okay, here's the time to beat. Let's yeah, find yeah. Porcel. Let's see if he can do it. This week it was Tomac's time at the top, and then Brandon Leith. We followed Brandon Leith for a lap. He's already seven. <laughs> He's on a heater. Ken Leith knocked Tomac off. No, you did not. No, yes. you didn't. Yes. <laughs> We watch Brandon Lee to see if he could do. Maybe he could do it. Maybe he could knock Tomac off and take that top qualifying position. Um, Henry Miller came back. Someone picked him in fantasy. Was he at the first two? Where no, was he at? He was not. He was not the first two. Okay. Um, so Henry Miller is back. Derek Anderson. I thought he retired or quit, but he, he raced. Good job for Derek Anderson. Got twenty first overall. Uh, scored some points. Home race, bro. Very fortunate with the red flag. Very fortunate. Why? Did you have him in fantasy? He gained about 15 spots from the restart. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he was uh, He was like 25th when they went to the red flag, and then he was 10th. Nice, nice, nice job. Uh, Ryan Surratt's racing a two-stroke now in the 450 class. Um, all right, that's all I got. I'm out. I'm right out. Does anybody want to talk more before 450s? It's not good. No, it's, it's not good. <laughs> uh, well, hey, do we need to discuss this Anderson uh, situation because this actually happened post our previous post podcast, or has this already been talked about? No, we can talk. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, folks, we lost Anderson to uh, it was actually at Glen Helen, so everyone should be familiar with the track. So, what I was told was that there's a there's a, a single wall jump before the finish line. So, some guy launched that and broke his ankles. I think it was a guy from New Zealand. Compound, so I heard everything. Compound fracture. Yeah, really, like gnarly. Yeah, really like bad. Ugly. Yeah. Yeah, like even the Husky guys obviously are bummed this all happened, but they were bummed for that guy too. Okay. Like even Scuba Steve from the Rockstar team was over there attending to that guy and before I, Anderson was even involved. And I would bet that guy is a Pulpomexo listener. I list, I, I met some Kiwis at Glen Helen that were there okay. for MX Heaven. You know, they were telling me about, about yep. the show and how they're riding. They're down there riding, uh, and they had an MX, MX Heaven sweatshirt. I would bet that that's one of the dudes. Yeah, so anyway, that sucks. Like, get well soon. The guy's hurt. That's terrible. This this whole situation isn't actually his fault. So then what happened is 
they don't have fl- I cannot believe this. So not only do they have open practice with kids and 50-year-olds and Jason Anderson all on the track at once, but they do not have flaggers. I can just I cannot <laughs> even believe, even in this litigious society we're in, that this is even possible. So there aren't flaggers. So somebody runs to the top of the jump and just says, go around it. So everybody starts going around the jump. So another guy goes around the jump looks over and sees that the guy down is his buddy. This is another Kiwi who has now gone around the jump. So he just hangs a hard left, check on his buddy, and just completely cuts Anderson off. And Anderson flips over the bars, and Anderson's foot comes down on top of that guy's foot peg. So if his foot landed two, three inches either direction, he would have been fine. But instead, the foot peg basically went through him. And uh, yeah. um, that, that's a bummer deal. Now, I had heard from somebody that was there that Anderson was hauling ass uh, off the side of the track and – you know, this and that. And then I heard from another guy that he really wasn't, so I don't know. Who knows, you know. But Oh, I heard that too, yeah. For going around a jump, everyone was going too fast. Yeah. They weren't rolling around the jump. They were pinning it. Yeah. I heard that too. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, who yeah. knows. But, yeah, Glenn Helen, everybody. There we go. There we go. No flaggers. Uh, sometimes when they did have flaggers back in the day, they liked to water their faces of the jumps. That was always fun at, two, at 3 in the afternoon, um, putting water on the face of a hard pack jump. You know, that's great. Um, there's quads out there. JT, have you ever run into a quad out there? Uh, I haven't. No, I haven't really gone up against. Uh, not there. In Florida, I did at a public track. The biggest thing is anytime you mix amateurs and pros and it's just open practice and you take flaggers away, oh my it's God. like the, the you know, holy grail of danger. Uh, it just, yeah. none of that makes sense to me. Yeah. No, listen, the, the, there's so much I'd love to say about Glenn Helen. I've probably said it. I just, whatever. They're so lucky they have those hills. They're so lucky they have those hills. That's all I got to say, because the the people that run it, I'm not fans of. The people that, uh, the World Vets, I've raced the World's Vets a few times. I've practiced there on Thursdays with quads and 60s, and then I've had Ryan Hughes almost blow me off the track. And, yeah, man, it's, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. And uh, and so so how about this, though? Guess where Dean Wilson hurt himself colliding with another rider. Also on the Rockstar Husky team before the season started at Glen yep. Helen at Glen Helen. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, like it's crazy, JT, that it, like like you said, you have 50s, 60s and Jason Anderson out on the same track and Dean Wilson. And I wouldn't be surprised if the teams start doing something else. You know, you, you just can't have in this time of multi-million dollar riders. You guys get hurt like that. Like that's that's something that drove, drove Alden Baker crazy, and that's why these guys have facilities and all of that now. So, yeah, I mean, it's been going on Bobby for about how that. long? Yep. Go ahead, JT. No, I was gonna say it's been going on for how long, and it's it's shocking that we're just at the point now where it's like, you know what, we should probably not do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Uh, go ahead, Weege. Yeah, I talked to Bobby Hewitt, you know, who runs the Rockstar Husky team about that because obviously he's the run most raw, losing both of his riders. And there will have to be a replacement now. They can't go without any 450 guys. So someone's getting a spot there. But, yeah, I asked him. He's trying to go to the teams. He said he's going to talk to some team managers. And it's over now because they're all pretty much moving east. But he's like, these three weeks between Vegas and the end of the week leading up to Colorado, that's all we're asking. We've got to figure out a plan just for those three weeks because everybody's out there. And I said, well, why hasn't anyone thought of this before? And he said, to be honest, a lot of times – the teams don't want to ride when the other teams are out there because they're trying to somewhat be secretive. And I don't think that's the main reason. The main reason is, like you said, Steve, it's just because that's what they've done. Yeah. 
There's no more reason than that. But he does think that some teams do like to show up early or late and try to avoid the stopwatches, avoid people watching them test. So they're going to have to get on the same page at least, that part. It's two grand to rent it, I believe, to rent the track for the day, from what I remember. That could have changed. So you're looking at $6,000 for three three, three Thursdays um, to rent it, I would guess. I don't know if Glen Helen would even do that. Maybe they lose too much revenue for the public riding day. But, I mean, these teams could all stroke a, you know, a part of a $6,000 check. Six teams could in a second. And then there you go. Now you have Thursdays open. But, yeah, if you're being secretive and testing and all that, then that's not going to work. But I don't know. His suggestion is pretty simple. You know, you just pick, like, two one-hour slots that are for pro cards only, which is the most logical plan yeah. maybe in the history of motocross racing. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, too bad. So, Weege, who's like, I've been, I, I've been pushing this Bradley Taft thing, and I, I'm not getting any traction. Like, I don't think they're looking at him. I don't think he's going to be the guy. No, I heard a couple names mentioned, and that was not one of them. Yeah, like, why? Yeah, I think it's more keeping it in the family. I know he's on a husky now, but everybody I heard mentioned is either ridden for the team before or still involved. Uh, they even looked. I think they're looking at the GP schedule. See if some of those guys can come for a race or two. Yeah, okay. So all right. it seems like they're picking guys that they've already worked with. All right. Um, all right. Uh, the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, Lakewood, Colorado National, uh, presented by Maxis and Alpine Stars. We'll be right back after this to discuss some uh, some 250s. Listen to this commercial from Race Tech and uh, save with those guys using the code PulpMX18. Race Tech suspension and engines, people. Pulpamex 18 is the code to save. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Race Tech specializing in high-performance suspension, parts, service, and setups, modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Race Tech, guys like the HEP Suzuki team, and many more in the pits use Race Tech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpamex 18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, racetech.com. Do it. Maxxis Tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. And we're back, flyracing.com. JT, how is fly racing doing right now? Just just killing it? Yeah, it's uh, it's busy time for us. What? release to our reps, you know, the ability to go sell 2019. Wow. So for me, it's really busy for our reps. It's really busy. Um, you know, it's kind of the, the time where the, the consumers don't really know what's going on, but you know, August, August one is kind of when all that happens. But for, for our company, it's a very busy time of the year. Well, I was, uh, I was observer to a top rider signing a fly racing contract for next year and beyond. Let's just leave it at that oh, yeah? folks. Oh Yeah. Nice. Yes. I bet he didn't have a very good weekend, though. He did not have a great weekend, no. Yeah. But, I, yeah. but I witnessed it all. I was going to grab the contract and run to Vital MX, but I, I, <laughs> I wasn't able to do that. Um, 
Thanks to Alpine Stars and Maxis as well. Jeremy McGrath developing the MXST tire. And uh, the folks at Alpine Stars, which uh, all three of us use Alpine Star products, I believe. Weege, you, you must use Alpine Stars. I do. All right. Yep. Fantastic. All right. 250 time. Uh, Jeremy Martin has got the red plate. 47 points he earned at uh, Lakewood via his 2-1 finishes. J-Mart, uh, well, first of all, look, uh, Team Tomac and the Baker Factory. Uh, strike one for Team Tomac this weekend in Colorado. Let's just leave it at that. Um, do either one of you think J-Mart is going to lose the red plate from here on out? Do, do we have any hot takes after three rounds? No? Uh, too early for that. Too, too early? early for that. Okay. Yeah, I, right. I think it'll be – it's a 250 class. We know better than that. Yeah, it's a two-time what's, champion, what's though. 250 class is. Two-time champion, though. Um, but uh, he rode great. Uh, he was a, he was a very, very good all day. And I asked him if the altitude uh, helped because he'd been riding it. And he said, yes. And then I said, uh, how was your bike? And he's like, well, I'm so used to not having power. That probably helped me also. J-Mart is breaking out of his shell, Wygant, as far as being – like in post-race interviews and stuff. Yeah, and I think you're you're one of the soothsayers here. I think you're bringing some of it out of them. You think? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I didn't force. But no, he's been great. Yeah, I didn't force yeah. him to call his brother Alex an asshole. That was good. Um, That's true. Uh, he wrote good. He he full marks for J Mart on his win. Um, first moto winner was Justin Cooper. And JT, look, he he faded from like fourth to eighth in the second moto. He got third overall on the day. But, I mean, I'm fine with that. Like, he, the kid took his first moto win. He was pushed the whole way. Uh, it's in Colorado. He probably was super excited, pu- pushing it all to get that moto win. You know, at Hangtown, he came semi-close and didn't do it. So, like, that second moto is going to happen. But this kid's future is bright. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, sure, you don't want to give up those points in the second moto and, you know, make sure overall not look as great. But... Yeah, the first moto, you know, he took advantage of the opportunity when Joey's bike um, had a malfunction there. So what else do you want? You know, fastest qualifier, you win the first moto, regardless of how it's won. Uh, He's definitely um, trending up. You know, you you can't take anything away from it at this point. You know, we've seen guys come out and win titles in their first year. I think that's an unfair, you know, expectation to compare him to, but... Uh, he's definitely turning heads. I mean, he's he's yeah. right there. He's in the mix every time. Let me ask you this, Weege. You're the amateur motocross expert here on this call. Was Cooper I, was Cooper always thought of as better than Mosman and Cantrell and Bailey? Like, is he in another no. March Banks? No. Okay. No. I didn't think no, so. Dude. And I, this is what I wrote. No. This I wrote something in my column that's coming out Wednesday. And yeah, thankfully, good. I'm glad you agree. I mean, this kid's taking it to a new level from what was expected. Yeah, this is a huge, huge swing uh, for Yamaha here. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, Cooper Webb is a guy that had all the chips on the table for the last couple of years. We don't know where that's going to go. Maybe he'll stay. Maybe he won't. Then Plessinger is obviously going to be their next guy. And, you know, it's hard to keep bringing that kind of talent up. And they, they ended up getting one and pulling a fast one on everybody. I mean, obviously this – Dude was available for everybody two years ago. Heart raft, but he wasn't was, really on the heart raft. Yeah, yeah, heart yeah, raft. yeah, yeah. He took her. It's not heart raft. It was challenge tenant. But anyway, I think we're going to get to the. I'm going to call this 3.0 of developing these amateur guys. The first one was just uh, you know you race as an amateur, then you just showed up as a pro like like your buddy Timmy did, right? You just show up and just start racing, and then you hope you get discovered by a factory or, team. There was actually, zero connection. And actually, I was at. 
Jimmy Button came out of the ranch breaking Red Dog's record, I believe, as the winningest amateur rider of all time. Yeah. I was at his first yeah. national at Red at Millville. He got like fourteen ten and was in a van. And he was yeah. the hottest amateur rider. Yeah. Yeah, so that was one point There's zero connection between amateur and pro. Then two point is the really kind of started with Trey Kennard and now everybody does it. you you pretty much put the guy on the factory team as an amateur. The three I think is gonna be the teams are going to look closer at what the background is of the riders, as in, is this an MTF, GPF, Club MX kid who's motoring down every single day all the time, or is there something that's holding him back right now that you can change when he's a pro? And in the case of Cooper, he still lived in freaking Long Island yeah. the whole time. Uh, and Chase Sexton, I think that's why his stock is high, even though it's not like he's winning tons of races right now, but he stayed in Illinois in the winter. Mm-hmm. So I think teams are going to be getting smarter about do we have a diamond in the rough because the dude yeah. wasn't motoring down year-round? So this is going to be the next thing that they start studying. Wow. Boy, did Yamaha get a winner on this guy. I mean, you know, JT, if you're Moseman or Cantrell or Bailey, and, and no shot at those guys, but they're on equal equipment, factory machines, and they haven't had any of these breakout rides that Justin Cooper has. That's my point. Like, you know, these guys are good riders, but we're, we're waiting. We're waiting. And Justin Cooper's just like, yeah, I'm not waiting. Watch this. You know? Yeah, and and the the qualifying is is really impressive, but part of it is the starts. You know that that's definitely part of it, in my opinion. If you start up front, you know life gets easier. And for me, I think Marchbanks has been really impressive. He he just isn't starting at the front, so he doesn't jump off the page and make the headlines like Cooper is. And I don't I don't think that Marchbanks would win a moto right now either. Don't get me wrong, but you know I think. The guys like uh, Jordan Bailey are the ones that are really suffering because they are very well paid and have had a lot of hype around them the last two years. And yeah, I mean Cooper is is really making those guys look bad. Yeah, that's all. I'm not I'm not saying it like a shit on Mosman, shit on Cantrell podcast here. I'm just saying like yeah. they were they've been given these chances like Cooper, and they're doing okay. But then a guy like Cooper's like I'm I'm. I'm here. Like, watch. Yeah, March, March yeah. Banks would be the one person I yeah. would say I think has been really good, though. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, Savachi getting to him. when, oh. it, Like, seriously, he's won this, won this race two years in a row. He hasn't had a great season uh, to start, and he won only one Supercross, and it's his last year. And Like, he like he had to just, just feel like he got kicked in the nuts. His bike blew up on the last lap. Like, that was just... I guess that's Joey's season, in a nutshell, maybe. Weege? I don't know. Yeah, he was he was fastest qualifier also, and he told me he doesn't think it's a coincidence that he won this race two years in a row. He does like the track. He thinks it works. He's kind of a, more of a momentum guy, which you have to be. The bikes are down on power, so he kind of lends it to some of his strengths. And then he was doing better in that first moto than any of the first four motos this year. And you're like, here it is. This is what he needs, the yep. team needs, yep. everybody. He's got it. And then just that second moto just put the freaking nails in the coffin. And we can talk about that. That's obviously pretty controversial. But it went from he could have he could have possibly been fastest qualifier and gone 1-1. And because of the problems of everybody else, we'd probably be looking at the points and saying, wait a minute. Wait a hey, minute. Yeah, he's yeah. only down like 12, 14, and he just went 1 1. Yeah. Instead, just complete disaster. Yeah. What was? What do you want to talk about this controversial? Huh? Well, the whole first turn crash. Oh, yeah. Moto was because yeah. he had the terrible gate pick. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Okay, yeah. Have we ever seen a start from the way outside of Colorado? I don't think it works there. It just no, way of, no. It's never happened. 
as far as I can remember. You know, some starts don't favor the inside that much, but this one does. He freaking went for it, and it Shade. about 95% of it worked, and it didn't work at the last five. Shades of Austin Stroop, Steel City. Although Stroop got out of it. Cutting but, off Phil- yeah, yeah. Cutting off Villapoto. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, bummer for Joey, man. That's that's gotta hurt. Um, troll train, troll train alert. We led more laps this weekend. Our jerk off brother passed us again, but we got second overall. Things are on track here. Anyone want to comment? Right in it. Anybody want? Right in it. Anybody want to? You know, try to stop this train. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't look at the results as close. I did see the points. I saw the points. Um, but I, I, yeah, I didn't look at the results as closely. Only uh, 13 back of Jeremy. Alex Martin. Plessinger in that, Plessinger in that equation. Needs a, needs a contract for next year, everybody. Alex Martin. We're coming. We're coming. Although, although, I mean, two oh, weeks in a row that he could have won a moto. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That's, that's a little, like, that's like uh, the, 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 uh, the coffee went cold on the hospitality train on the troll train in the hospitality car that's the only bummer here we got a little bummer in that we led laps two two weeks in a row we couldn't close the deal so yeah but i think when you look at troll train i feel like him against that field is kind of like the tomac scenario like we've said before he's really good does he have the blazing speed like if if one of the other three guys either his brother plessinger or osborne are on and they're like desperate to really crank it up in the last 10 minutes in the moto, I think they just have something that he doesn't have speed-wise. Right. So, so okay. eventually, maybe one of these laps, they're going to not be in position to do it, and it's going to be good enough to get it done. Like, I don't think that's him fading. I think it's just when they really need to go balls to the wall, they can go 3% faster, and that uh, allows them to, to get them. I'll put you in the non-believer category then, okay? Uh, that's not really what I was saying, but that's fine. He, he won a moto here last year. Like what's good for us? Um, yeah. yeah. Ultimately, Jeremy was able to get him. I don't think it's because he faded or like he's leading laps, but the coffee went cold. Like Jeremy's just able to summon a little more speed when it really matters there in the last ten minutes. What I'm saying is the the only negative on the day was the coffee went cold, or i.e. we gave up the lead. That's what I'm saying. But second overall, we'll take it. We'll move on to high point. No, it's really good. He's absolutely right in it. Like he's as in it. As anyone else is. Uh, speaking of Zach Osborne, who was in it, bad day for Zacho. First moto got passed by two guys on the last couple laps. Uh, second moto down on that first turn, puts his shoulder back in, goes out, gets one point. He was so far back, it's one point. Um, and, you know, he hurt his thumb before Glenn Helen practicing, and he told me after the race that it's causing him to grip his bike differently. It's hurting him, which gives him arm pump, which uh, he's beat up right now, JT Osborne. He's beat up. Yeah, it's really the first serious struggle he's had in the last 18 months. So, um, you know, his his future is set. He's signed, sealed, and delivered. He's, you know, he's locked in. Uh, he obviously, I think, is, is still locked into this series. But, um, yeah, it ha- hasn't gone very smoothly. So, hopefully he's still fine. You know, hopefully the shoulder's good. Hopefully the, the thumb gets better. Uh, but, yeah, he's... He hasn't had this much adversity in quite a while. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was out of the moto. I didn't think he was like. He didn't look like he wanted any part to do getting back on his bike. But props to him. Um, 
And what if he wins a title by one point, too, down the line, right? Like, <laughs> what if? Who knows? Um, all right, Jordan Smith was good. Forkner, how about Forkner's pass on Jordan Smith? How about that pass around the outside, down Tomac and Stu Hill? Outside. Oh, he went so Oh, my God, dude. Dude. That was gnarly. That was gnarly. Speaking of that, Hurling's pulled one off like that, too, kind of today. Oh, speaking of that, but... Um, Wow, that was a good pass by Forkner. Uh, bad starts again in the first moto. Held them back. Second moto. Got a podium for Forkner, but he still can't be happy, Weege, with how things are going. Like, here, he got fourth overall, but, like, hasn't gone well. No, no. It's just kind of the way things are going here for the Pro Circuit team. Yeah. Not like a Sabachi problem necessarily affects him directly, but it's just the whole team just needed some shot in the arm. It's not like he and Sabachi or even Marchbanks have been bad. But you're just not used to having this conversation. Like, we're talking about four guys right now. Yeah. And none of them. Four guys on four different teams. Two Martins, Plessinger, and Osborne. And none of the Cowie guys are, are, are putting in that group right yeah. now. Yeah. Just the way it's been. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Jordan Smith rode well. Told me, like, he hasn't ridden outdoors all last year and kind of got rough a little bit getting into the groove, JT. And, you know, you kind of don't realize maybe sort of how, how you got to ride outdoors until, you know. So hopefully this is a step in forward for him, and it wasn't just one of those things where he did well this weekend, then he kind of tells the media one thing, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't, we'll see how it goes. But I liked, he, he acted like the switch had been flipped, and he, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm better now. Like the first two outdoors took me by, by surprise a little bit. So um, we'll see how that goes. Well, he definitely was in the mix. I mean, you know, I think Glenn Helen, he was actually okay too, but he crashed both motos. So it was more – to me, it was more a weekend kind of similar to Baggett where he had it all together. He was good in practice, good in the race. You know, I think he qualified fifth, and then he was good in both motos, good starts all day. You know, he just kind of had the whole package where he'd been missing several ingredients at the first two rounds. Plessinger, I thought, rode well. Tried hard. Not a great track for him. He battled, though, man. All moto, um, you know, pushing hard. Didn't fade, like, charged hard. Like, it's a good race for him. I mean, you didn't re- I didn't really see him that much in, in as far as the, the leaders go, but... Aaron made it happen. Um, you know, loses his red plate, but second in the points now. I don't think you can be. I don't think you can leave Lakewood pissed off if you're if you're Aaron Plessinger, JT. Well, the difference is, you know, last year a bad day would would end up with him lying on the side of the track in a DNS, just like he did and, at this and, race uh, last year. And Nick Way flagging. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know that that was a bad day for Aaron Plessinger in 2018. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, 2017. Yep. Uh, Supercross was the same way, and we saw how that ended for him. So he's found a way to, so far, eliminate those huge mistakes that take him out of any championship contention whatsoever. Uh, and that, that's that's the name of the game. Your worst days, you know, you still need to be top five, and you still need to get good points, and you need to move on to the next weekend and have a have a short memory and be like, "Yep, I just yep. didn't have it today, and I'm going to keep going." But you don't throw it away, and you don't, you know, have a a 28-point day or something silly um, that really hurts you. So, uh, yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll see where it goes from here, but there's definitely been a, been a difference this year with, with Aaron versus last year. Enzo Lopes was good again, Weech, for the JGR guys? Well, good, but I think they want a little more, like, they're going to have a decision to make here because uh, Jimmy D's probably back at Southwick maybe before that, but let's be honest, Jimmy D's back at Southwick. We know this. There's no chance that Jimmy D's not there for Southwick. So 
you know, I kept saying, I'm like, he's a rookie, he's a young guy, you're going to find a way to have a third bike, right? You're not going to give the guy a five-race tryout or something, right? I don't think he's done quite enough to force them to do it. I think they want him to, like, show us something to make us do that, but I don't think it's quite there yet. Just give him a third bike. I I know. I I threw that out there, and it wasn't just like us trying to put Phil on a bike all year. Non-committal has been the answer. Yeah, J-Bone was actually pretty pissed after the moto. I don't think he quite knew. They'd had some issues with Pike and Phil, but J-Bone was as as mad as I'd seen him. He wasn't happy. Well, he told me something in the morning about uh, Budman yelling at Hill last week. Oh, yeah? They were looking for a little more. Yeah, I think they're looking for a little more there. Uh, Yeah, and I think they did have some bike problems with the other guys. So, yeah, it's just not going awesome right now. Listen, if Coy comes through for me on my end, that that team rules. So you'll be giving him, you'll be spraying them with so much pump. Oh God, be so much pump over there if if Corey Gibbs can come through for me. At least he, <laughs> well again, at least he replied, right? So he did. Yeah. Knowing Coy, the way he just likes to do stupid stuff just to like wreck things and just put his stamp on things. <laughs> this is not even motocross related, what we're talking about, by the way. But I would not rule this out. No, I wouldn't either. I think he. No. I think I bet you it'd be so out of character, but he would do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, this has nothing to do with no, racing. We're no, not talking about Phil no, getting a full-time ride or Timmy no. coming out of retirement. I, not that. I was watching the hockey game, everybody, Stanley Cup Finals, and there was Coy's dad, the legendary Joe Gibbs, at the game. Dada. Dada, at the game. I immediately texted Coy with, with again, on, it was the only one I, the only, like, it just came up, we must have been in a group text at some point, so your name was attached to it. So, I I just included you on it. I immediately hit up Coy and just said, Coy, look, I got to get a ticket for D.C. next Sunday night. Um, or this Sunday night, I should say, um, for the game. And, and you know, tell him. You said your dad owned D.C. sports. He does, dude. Joe's a legend. A <laughs> legend in D.C. So tell him it's for Joe, I said, and then just give him to me. And Coy, surprisingly, didn't, you know. First of all, he, he said he, say no. he had an opportunity to go to the game that Joe was at and said no. <laughs> so, didn't, didn't even care about hockey that much. Yeah. Um, he said he might do it for only for your wife, not for you. Yes, yes, of course. He made that also clear. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, by the way, this is Saturday night. This is, you know, they have NASCAR racing going on there. They have racing. And he did respond. Oh, they were racing? Yeah, there's NASCAR race this weekend. Oh, I said stop watching NASCAR, Coy. That's what my first oh. thing was in the text. Um. Okay, so uh, we'll see what hey, happens. by the way, this Savachi start, this is not, was that not controversial? I think it was only controversial with one guy in the group text. I haven't seen it yet. I need to see it again. Osborne wasn't going there after the race, really. So I think Osborne, we'll never know because I think Osborne has decided to never go there no matter what. So that doesn't mean anything. Okay. It could mean that he, he's not bothered, but I also know that if he is, he's not going to say anything anyway. Okay. But even when, uh, I, even when I shut the recorder off, he wasn't. Saying anything. Oh, uh, okay. Well that says a lot actually. JT, have you seen it? I watched it on TV. I don't I don't think you can fault anyone. I mean Joey oh, okay. Joey came in Joey came in hot, like he had a really good run from the outside, and then you know, Zach and Gage Sherr got pushed wide. None of those three that all collided had any idea that any of them were there. That's just unfortunately that's just how the first turn goes sometimes. I I don't think you can fault anybody in that situation. Oh, okay. I guess there's no controversy. I'm not saying I thought it was controversial. <laughs> I thought that 
Yes, one person in our group text was very upset. And I'm like, oh, yeah, some people are going to say Savachi was had no business just pedal to the metal out there, hail marrying it. But, no, I agree. I mean, you I just thought to. that's you racing. Have to. What do you expect him to do? Yeah. Well, I just, I'm pumped I sound smart. I did actually say right before the gate dropped on the show, I said, and you might want to watch Savachi. Remember how the first moto went? He's stuck on the outside now. Can he even do something from out there? And then it made me look smart because eight seconds later, it was a rodeo ride. I was uh, I was hanging out in the uh, cycle trader truck before the motos with Hartraft and uh, and uh, Martin Costello, and Costello was like, "Oh, hey, nice to meet you. I listen to your show all the time. It's nice to put a face to the to the voice I hear all the time." Oh. And I'm like, "Oh boy," because Ecuador. He's from Ecuador, right? And we got the Marty like oh, we got the Marty thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering where this was going. I wonder if he was going to have some Ecuadorian bandits str- string me up. You know, but he was cool. Now he knows. Now he knows how to paint the target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, right? Um, so he was Ask cool. Ask him about the nations. Ask him about the nations. I need to. I forgot. And so I was talking to Hartraft and Costello, and we were Rarick was in there, and we were kind of talking about old moto history. And dude, these kids, like, they don't know. Like, Hartraft's like McGrath. He's like, I seen it a little bit. And I'm <laughs> like, like. He's just like, I'm like, what about Ricky? He's like, yeah, I watched, yeah, Ricky a little bit. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, Phil Lawrence? No idea who Phil Lawrence was. I just threw out a random name. And then at some point, I was getting so mad. I was getting so mad at some point. Costello's like, hey, man, I was in Ecuador. I mean, you know, I'm like, okay, all right, fine. Like, you're in Ecuador. You got a reason. You didn't get much going on down there for, for American Moto. But Does he know who Marty is? I think he knows who Marty was, yeah. I didn't bring that up. Marty's pretty old, though. Anyways, it's really <laughs> depressing. Like, Hartraff's cool kid. He's from Jersey. I don't know. He's 19. How old is he? I don't even know. But he's just like, yeah, not really Carmichael. You know, not really. <laughs> it's like, dude. I mean, Carmichael seems like he retired like three years ago, JT. But I guess it's been a while. But Well, he's but, still at, you know, he's still being at the races. These days, so yeah, he, well, made, he does a hot lap here and there. Yeah, well, Hartraft is kind of familiar with Ricky. So heard the name McGrath before. Costello seemed like, you know, he. Oh, Costello said he watched Mini Warriors a few times, so he was into Mini Warriors with with Osborne. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways, um, so it starts with Stu. Is that where we're at now? Current riders. History starts with Stu, yeah. maybe Reed. Yeah, Chad, Chad Reed, have you heard of him? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think so. I think so, Weege. I think that's where we're at. Like, Chad is the start of uh, of everything, you know? So. Well, I told you about the uh, big Team Green thing that I hosted at Loretta's last year, and Cincerillo said that it was actually watching McGrath on TV that got him into this. Yeah. yeah. And the sense of relief that you could see on McGrath's face of, like, there's still someone left in the 250 class that I'm still the guy for. I mean, so that's it. It's like AC's the very end. So if you're any younger than him, you're you're off the McGrath train. I just you have everyone needed to be in a stadium when McGrath won. Everyone needed to be there. I thought we all were, but I guess not. I guess not. But <laughs> but hey, hey, here, here's here's the thing that makes that strange to me. So right now in the NBA, there's this constant, is LeBron better than Jordan? Is Jordan better than LeBron? It's going on nonstop. Jordan re- basically retired in 1998. Do, are there people going around saying, yeah, I don't really know. Jordan, I don't really know. Is anyone saying that? I feel like if you cornered like Ben Simmons from, 
from uh, Philly 76ers, he would not say yeah. that. He would not say that. That's what I'm saying. Are there 21-year-old NBA players who are like, yeah, I never really saw Jordan. No, not familiar. Yeah. And by the way, I like how you're conveniently leaving out Jordan's Wizards career that was in like 2000, 2001. The real retirement was not yet. Yeah, <laughs> okay. There were some other years. <laughs> the tapes have been burned. Right, right. I don't know. Costello, anyway, Costello's good. Right? I, he is good, well, man. man. I, really I think outdoors. Yeah. Uh, what's that, JT? Hmm? I was saying he's been really impressive. Did you see his Salt Lake crash? Uh, yes. In the whoops? Practice. In practice. In the sand whoops. No. Did not see that. Nope. Incredible. You should go. It's, I'm, it's for sure on his social media. I've seen it multiple times. I watched it live, but I've seen it multiple times since then. It is unbelievable. <laughs> that he's still riding dirt bikes after that. Do you think it's something to do with Ecuadorian stuff? Like where the Ecuadors maybe they crash? Yeah, maybe. Uh, Martin Costello. Here we go. I'm going to follow him because he he said he likes me. And um, I feel like I saw this. Okay, let's see. Something where his bike. We thought his bike cut out. Was it Vegas? Here's a photo of him Vegas. Um, no, I don't see it. JT. It's a video. Oh, really? I'll, I'll find it and send it to you. It's unbelievable, though. Glenn, here he is motoring down at Glen Helen. Salt, it's from Salt Lake. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm looking. Oh, hold on. Maybe. You know what? These kids, they post a lot of... They post a lot of... Uh... Oh, no. Still. Oh, uh, Martin Costello, big super cross crash. Oh, I'm, I'm pumped on this one. Uh... Hey, Sam, the Sam Whoops? It's great radio. He yeah. actually... Yes, he actually touched the front wheel only on three whoops in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was physically possible. The front wheel does two whoops without the rear wheel touching. Wow. wow. It's impressive. Yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I don't see this. Uh, he was on that uh, uh, IB Corp team, right? Was he not? Yes, he yeah. was. Yeah. Yep. All right. I, I, I think he's part of the deal, right? Like, he's not he's part of the business of the team, I think. Oh, really? Fine. Am I making things up? I don't know. Are him and Marty even friends? I thought that was part of IB Corp's thing. Like, he has roots or history in the team. They're like, we're going to start a team for him, but also for some other guys. That's what I thought. Maybe I'm wrong. JT, anyone? No? You don't know? I think some of the sponsors might be involved with him. Oh, here we go. He got it. Oh, my God. Right into the face of the last sand whoop. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. Martin Martin. Yeah, like I feel like that might be an Ecuadorian thing, JT. They crash yeah, big. There's uh no quit in Quito. <laughs> when they crash, <laughs> they don't crash often, but when they do, they lose their front end or absolutely die. <laughs> so, they get up and keep going. <laughs> right, right. Like an Ecuadorian like little jumping rabbit. Um But again, I will go back to we have nets and supercross, but Marty still launched off a berm onto the concrete. That's that. That still is one of Marty's legacies. Marty's Phoenix crash in like 2010 <laughs> yeah, dude. was maybe the scariest thing I've ever seen. He needed a net badly. <laughs> I so, think the net would have been bad. The, I mean, it would have been 60 miles an hour to zero in but, but in, in, in four feet. Think about it. We just named two of her his horrendous crashes off berms onto concrete. Yeah, who true. else? Who else has one that we know? You know what I mean? Uh, this is going to come full circle between you and Marty. It's going to be like the long spaghetti strand and Lady in the Tramp. You're both going to be pulling no, the spaghetti strand and you're going to meet. No, what what happens is Costello puts in good words for me with his Ecuadorian uh. brother, and then we become buddies. 
And maybe I'm the third rider for Ecuador at the Disney Nations. Has anybody thought of that? <laughs> I haven't. I mean, they're letting Puerto Rico do whatever it wants. Yeah. No. They start doing that with every other nation? Yeah, I think my mom's great-grandmother once went to Ecuador, so I'm going to get a passport. Uh, yes, if there was a net that year in Phoenix, Marty would have sprung back. It would have rebounded him back onto the track, and he would have hit the face of a jump going backwards, <laughs> or maybe head on to another guy. <laughs> yeah, really, right? Like, like, <laughs> like a was, bungee cord. Right, like a Bugs Bunny thing. Oh, man. So we got Stu in, we got Marty in. Is it pretty much time to wrap? We did it. We did it. The word I think the... he would have been stuck in it like a spider web. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe he would have went through it and, and been chopped into little squares like the net. The shape of the squares of the net. <laughs> like... Blew through it like the Kool-Aid man. Right, right. And then he just comes through it and he's, he's, he's five foot nine of tiny squares. And they got to put Marty back together like a jigsaw puzzle. Like gingerbread cookies. <laughs> like a gingerbread <laughs> man. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. um, what else? Uh, okay, that's it. Hill wasn't happy afterwards. I got to talk to him. He wasn't happy with his ride. And I said, what did you get, like 11th or something? And he's like, I don't even know. And I'm like, what do you mean? He he's like, dead last, uh, dead last to a decent finish second moto. Yeah, I thought he rode. I thought he rode well at Glen Helen, too. So, um, it was no Tampa. It was no Tampa. Tell you that. <laughs> Tampa. Just here's here's my DVD. If you want to hire me, here's my DVD. It's Tampa Heat Race. <laughs> Here it is. Um. Uh. Okay. Anything else? I'm good. Weekend off. Weekend off for the field. Yeah. Yep. Coming out high point swinging. Osborne. Osborne needs it pretty bad. I think. Yeah. Really. Right. Um. Yeah, well, uh, I'll keep everybody informed on how Coy does for me, for tickets. Me and Joe going to the game, talking football. How about when, when NASCAR. one of the first times I met Joe, Coy's like, Dad, don't talk to him. He's an idiot. He's an idiot journalist. Don't talk to him. I'm like, okay, all right, this is going well. I'm like super stoked to meet Joe Gibbs, and this is what, this is what Coy <laughs> says. How much do you think that Joe takes Coy's words seriously, though? Yeah, I feel like none at all. Right? Like, got about 40 years worth of experience of hearing McCoy. Right, right. Oh, Coy, you did it again. <laughs> um, Kate Ottenwright, everybody, 13th. So, suck at J-Bone. All right, that's all. Let's end it on that. Um, we didn't do the word of the day. Maybe we'll just figure it out before High Point during text, and then we'll talk about it. Truculent, you got Over it in. two each. You got it in, Wagant. Truculent wasn't too hard for you like Star Nose Mole? Yeah, Star Nose Mole, I pulled the plug on that. Barsha, though, is truculent. When he's in the lead, he's not afraid of, you know, battle, fight. Yep. Duke it out. Yeah, good truculent. job. Good job on that. So We don't have one? Just, I wish we could go back to the text thread from, I feel like, Saturday morning or something of Hangtown. Somewhere around Hangtown, you two just had a flurry. It was like the just a barrage. <laughs> like Friday afternoon, you had like 48 words of the day between the two of you. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah. What about? But what about? Not, a, I, I can't scroll that far back. What about guacamole? Too easy. Holy guacamole! Yeah. Too easy. Yeah. Did you? I would really hate to say holy guacamole though. That would be terrible. Did you? <laughs> Trackside vendors. There's just way too much. Did you? Yeah, did there. you? Um, did you talk about Kuznetsov? 
for the Capitals in your read? No, I was I I was too afraid of that pronunciation. I mean, say it again. Kuznetsov. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. All right. I didn't have I as you say there's a time where you got to unzip your pants, take your balls out. Yeah. Put them in the crossbar. Nope. Yep. I yep. kept them zipped. Um, Kuznetsov, I was not putting that on a TV show, but I did see some of the headlines after the game that he was a factor. Yeah, he was. He unfortunately he Should've. was. Yeah, he and he's a star yeah. player, and you would have looked really Park, smart. Right? Yeah, he's, he got one goal, one assist. You would have looked really smart. Well, again, if you had pulled that out, so yeah, would have been like, wow, this guy's really following Hitachi. Yeah, exactly, boy. Or even have Langston say it. You know, like, oh boy, Langston's really oh. into it. Yeah. We literally, you know, the moto started at noon instead of one like they usually do. We yeah. had to start an hour early because we had to be done before uh, Stanley Cup final. By mm-hmm. the way, mm-hmm. Stanley Cup final, not finals. Yep. It's so dumb. <laughs> so we had to be done. You know, the motocross schedule was impacted by hockey. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's fine. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, no problem. It's your fault. Uh, I, I flew out Saturday night, and prop, I want to say before we go, thanks to Michael Antonovich from Transworld. Much like Drago and Rocky coming together at the end of Rocky Four to bring this thing full circle, what JT was saying, uh, Racer X and Transworld joined, and Anton drove me everywhere. And Anton even said, going back to the airport Saturday night, Anton's like, hey, I'm just going to drop you off, and then I'll go return the car. <laughs> and I'm like, say no more, Anton. <laughs> Fantastic. That's how good of a guy he was. He was kind of a sore subject for me because uh, I was traveling with uh, Johnny Oler, JGR suspension guy. Mm-hmm. His, uh, he's got some family out there, and he always has a big barbecue after the race. So uh, we were driving to the airport together Saturday night for the red eye, and I could have done that with him. And he's like, nah, I'm good. I'll go to the rental car with you. Then we get into the airport, and I walk through because I have my boarding pass, and then he got caught by the 45-minute check-in rule like I did in Vegas, and he could not get on the flight. <laughs> wow! Yep. Wow! I, yep. I've only heard. Then of I get on the plane and it's twenty-eight people from JGR on the plane, and I'm like, uh, one of your guys isn't on this flight. We didn't. He didn't make it. I, I've I made only, it. JT, only one person in the history of flying I've ever heard this happen to, and it was Weege. And then now it has happened to Weege's friend. Yeah. Yep. They're like, yep, it's forty-three minutes, and it's forty-five. I, You're out. Just check in. Just check in any time during the day. Yeah, well, I'm not making that mistake twice. That's why I did. And I'm like, please don't tell me you didn't check in. He's like, no. I'm like, oh, dude, you don't understand. You're done. <sighs> wow. Yep. Yep. Unbelievable. In the entire plane. I mean, it, it feels like there's 28 people on that team. So then so many. Johnny had to, They're all there. Johnny had to get a room and stay overnight, I guess, right? Everything. Well, the flight was like 7 in the morning, so it's the worst case scenario. We're at the airport at midnight or so. What's the point? Yeah, you go get a room. You still got a room, right, JT? No. Right, JT? No, you, you don't still, get a room. You still get no. a room. No. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys are ridiculous. Jesus. All right, everybody. Well, that's been the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast from Lakewood. We'll come up with a word of the day on Twitter and, and put it out there. Uh, JT, why get? Thanks, boys. Thanks, yeah. guys. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. 
Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Miguel was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like being a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you sit there, you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, 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 hey,